This episode is brought to you by MDC Strategy. By the Hood has partnered with several other educators and investors to create MDC Strategy. This is not a get-rich-quick scheme or fake internet guru selling you dreams of wealth. This is a community of educators and investors who believe in the power of community and shared ideas. We share information about real estate, long-term stock investing, precious metals, options trading, cryptocurrency, and much more. For more information, visit mdcstrategy.com. This is not investment advice. It's for educational and informational purposes only. What's up, people? Welcome to this episode of the By the Hood podcast or webcast because I don't know how you're consuming this content. I'm your host as always. My name is Jimmy. And as we start off every show, that's with gratitude. Shout out to anybody who supports anything we got going on. Special shout out to everyone from By the Hood University, all of our MDC strategy members, as well as the youth from the By the Hood ownership camp. I got my partner in crime, Corey McCord. What's up, good brother? Man, what's really good? Everything, everything all right, man? You know, is the, the, the seasons done changed, is, you know. Yeah, it's hoodie season as you yeah, can we, see. We, we, yeah, we with the hoodies on. Fatigued <laughs> up, you know what I mean? Like it's hoodie yeah, season. Definitely, definitely hoodie so, season, man. You know, when it's hoodie season, it's hoodie season for everybody. So you know, what I mean, be safe out here, man. Yeah, absolutely, man. And 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 we um, Mr. Week of Pot, and a lot going on, man. Like you know, um, um, working on a couple different projects in the real estate side. Um, you know, for those who don't know, um, teaching some continuing education for licensed professionals now on the real estate side. So had a lot of work getting that up to par um, and also working on two classes for our MDC members. So people that are a member of MDC this upcoming Tuesday, we got an updated Bitcoin class that I'm doing live and we have a full class on REIT. So with all the work that's being put in on the back end, we have missed it, you know, missed the pot. But we are here nonetheless, you know what I'm saying, to have a conversation. For sure. For sure. Don't even forget we putting in work on the on the um, on the other side too, trying to, you know, turn what we do into a full-time thing man as far as the yeah community. yeah yeah so working on some stuff in terms of nonprofit as well um but none of, well, all that being said though man um for those that are listening for the first time this is the by the hood podcast where we talk about um all things black wealth and personal finance that is what we uh talk specifically to and a lot of times we go over articles or news stories that happened during the course of the week. And this week, one of the biggest stories in business, and I'm going to share an article about it as well, um, is going on with uh, Sam Altman, um, the CEO of OpenAI, the uh, AI company. This was an interesting story, right? So to kind of um, give a little summary for those that have no idea what this is, Sam Altman is the co-founder and um, CEO of OpenAI. Um, which a lot of you guys uh, use one of their products being probably, I mean, you would say so is the biggest AI product there is, right, Core? Yeah, probably. Chat GPT, one of their products, right? So, um, but Sam Altman, who, who uh, make a long story short, the board about five days ago from the day we were recording this decided to let him go as CEO, right? The board made a decision to let him go as CEO. And I watched the story on CNBC play out. I was just sitting there watching. It was almost as good as watching like um, Succession or a TV drama. I'm sitting there <laughs> you get all the different pundits weigh in from professors to people who study like, you know, um, the, the formation and ethics of boards. And some of the stories they were telling about like 
it wasn't nothing specifically he did. It was just a difference of vision between him and some of the board members, um, primarily being the chief data scientist who's on the board as well, who led the coup, allegedly. I don't know whether how, how true it is, but this is what was said on CNBC. Um, but the fallout from this and why I think this is an, um, a good topic to talk about in terms of personal finance as well as black wealth is this. When he was let go, they said they had 740 or so employees, over 700 of them that said, if he's not back, we are resigning. Outside of that, Microsoft immediately offered him somewhere to land in terms of a position without losing a beat and pay or whatever it may be. CNBC also said Salesforce, Google and Amazon are waiting in the wings to try to give this guy a landing space. Right. Mm -hmm. To me. The bigger story in here is um, skill set, value in the marketplace, um, and working on your skills just as a human. A lot of times as we talk about building wealth, we talk about specific instruments. Is real estate better than stocks or is you know cryptocurrency better than this? When a lot of times it's about your skills and your value in the marketplace. Man, and there's nothing, there's nothing more powerful than human energy, man. There's no skill more like there's nothing that can take you from a millionaire faster than a connection. There's nothing now, outside nothing. of connection. His value, the reason he has those connections, I'm just saying, because his value in the, in the marketplace. Yeah, but I'm just saying like this human connection takes you fa- further than anything. Right. Yeah. The asset class that we that we talk about a lot that, that most people don't talk about is relationships. Yes. Right. And he has a relationship with the employees at OpenAI to the point where 730 out of the 740 of them said, we out if he out. That is a yeah, relationship. But they also value him as like a, a I don't want to say the word boss, but as someone who's leading that, that right? We, me and you me. Talked before, we talked before about a lot of times when it comes to like management, about having a vision and a mission. And sometimes when people buy into whatever your vision is, you just like they they won't leave. It has nothing to do with the pay or whatever it may be. Is them buying into whatever it is you're doing. So his people have bought into that. But let me um just give a quick synopsis too before we start go deeper into this conversation. This article is from Bloomberg, uh, written by David Lee. He's a technologist, technology columnist. And what he says is this: He says um there's winners and losers in Sam Altman's OpenAI Kingdom throughout this process because Sam Altman was reinstalled as CEO and they're changing the board. So the board tried to get him out of there, but actually um, it, it kind of imploded, right? So um, it says almost, almost uh, after almost five days, he's back to open AI as his chief executive officer. He had the um, position 110 or so hours prior. Um, and I don't want to read through this whole thing, but the new board, and they're still putting the board together, includes Brett Taylor, former Salesforce Inc. co-CEO, um, Larry Summers, a Clinton era Treasury Secretary and paid contributor to Bloomberg Television. Adam D'Angelo, who's CEO of Quora, um, who stays on from the previous board, so he didn't lose his position. And it says more will join them. The finalized board will have up to nine directors in total and be able to draw bigger conclusions about OpenAI direction once they know who they are. Um, it says, but the winners in this whole process are the CEO of Microsoft, um, uh, Mr. Nadella, um, who jumped in and handled his business to make sure that Microsoft didn't suffer. And because Microsoft is a 49% owner of OpenAI, but the way he handled his business amongst all this chaos 
where he gave Altman a place to land and basically said, he went on TV and said, like, we could do this ourselves. We'd rather partner with a second, a separate company, but you know, um, worst case scenario, we can do the same thing right within Microsoft. <laughs> right. Like, he said that. He literally said that. I watched the interview when he said it. Um, <laughs> like, we don't need them. We want them. We don't need yeah. them. And Sam Altman is obviously a winner. Um, the simplicity of profit <laughs> is another big part of this story. I'm not going to go too deep into this, but the way that um, OpenAI was set up as a nonprofit and that kind of, um, you know, there's an argument about whether it should be profit or nonprofit. But the losers is the AI competition, the old board, obviously. Um, Emmett Shear, who was the t- former Twitch CEO, who was coming on as the uh, CEO of uh, OpenAI because he's out of here, too. Um, just a, just a lot that, uh, about this, right? So, and it goes over a lot of different things, right? So the jury's out on Thrive Capital, um, who's a venture capital firm who had a part of it. Um, this guy here, Ilya, I don't want to pronounce his last name, Sutskever. He's the chief scientist, chief data scientist of OpenAI. And allegedly, he's the one that led the coup. They're saying that, you know, they don't know where he'll fall within all this. But he's also a guy who was responsible for what I've read, most of the tech that we're talking about. So even in him leading this coup and it not working out, they're still not calling him a loser in this. They're saying the jury's out. And you know why that is, Core? Because he got a skill set that anybody exactly. can use. <laughs> why, he ain't lose why. nothing. He ain't lose that skill set. And so if so, he ain't lose that skill set, he all right. So to me, this is why this story is an interesting story because it's like a drama playing out in front of us. And you guys can look it up. CNBC did an amazing job of covering it because I guess it was for them, it was kind of the same thing. Um, and a lot of it's on their YouTube channel as well. So you can go right to CNBC's YouTube channel and look up a uh, open AI drama and you'll see the whole, you can watch the whole thing play out. But in watching this, I was like, man, we got to talk about this on the pod because this is a conversation that someone told me years ago that didn't click right away. I remember someone in high school telling me this it didn't click right away. But as you get older and you get more experience and you get wisdom, you start to understand what it means to, literally work on your skills right yeah man so Corey, is as a as a um educator right you're in the space of education when you become a better teacher when you go get more certificates when you go to continuing ed and you go to trainings and you get and you build that skill set up as a teacher um you told me before like you can leave and get a job when you feel like it now you know all jobs aren't equal but you have yeah. the ability because of your skill set and your paperwork to kind of like i can go get a job if i want to yeah or not Right, it's, it's, it's a call, you know what I mean? Because, because I'm a unicorn in the space that I'm in, because I'm black and I mm-hmm. teach in a, in a female dominant, um, you know, area, and I'm a man, you know what I mean? I'm a man mm-hmm. in a female dominant space, and I'm black in a white dominant space, so I get all the perks. I know what you say to be true. Uh, one of one of my homies, uh, with, with the central with us, uh, Akil Bayon, Dr. Akil Bayon, he was telling me, um, he got his PhD in education, um, and he's worked as a principal, but he was talking about being a black man with his paperwork and his experience. He's been able to literally go around the world, he's taught in different countries, yeah. Um, so it, it is interesting because that applies whether we're talking about education. If you are a real estate broker, but you you get you get educated up and you get more experience. But the thing is about adding value to whatever it is you do. If you're an engineer, if you're a doctor, if you're a surgeon, um, always think about. I remember watching it was an interview on um, I think it was Bloomberg or, or you know 
maybe I'm saying that because I'm looking at the Bloomberg article, but it was one of the financial uh, um, media companies and they had Warren Buffett on with LeBron James. Right. And it's interesting because I've seen this, I've seen this play out with Warren Buffett twice. One time he was on with Jay-Z and the other time he was on with LeBron James, but his advice to both of them was exactly the same within your specific business. You have a way to generate as much income as possible. You have a skill set that allows you to generate money. He said, just take that, put it in the passive stuff, but keep working on the skill set. Don't pay too much attention to these things over here because you pay attention to what's bringing in that money. Yeah, man. Like, that's interesting, right? So Jay-Z being entertainment and LeBron James being a basketball player. So people look at LeBron and they see the billionaire status, right? And I think he's the great case study on what we're talking about. But one of the things that, and I think it was KG who mentioned it on his podcast, KG and uh, and the truth, Paul Pierce. He was like, these other dudes want to be like LeBron, but they do not invest in their body or their skills the way they don't. They don't work on their game enough to be. Yeah. He was like, even the people at the top levels haven't invested in themselves the way he is. He said, that's why a dude is in 20, whatever year he is, still putting up 30 a game. Yeah. It's not, it's not by accident, right? So, but it translates outside of sports, right? We talk about you being education, me being in the real estate space. I'm constantly looking to learn more and yeah. um, elevate. You, you, you're you're a niche person also because yeah. of your data. And I mean, you know, data. Analysis. Data, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, like, because you're a niche, like, you know, my grandmother used to say this, and I had no idea what it meant. The riches are in the niches. Yeah, and I was like, what the hell does that mean? But when mm-hmm. you when you are are a niche or niche person, yeah, like you're in in, in that space, mm-hmm. you really can call your shot most of the time. You know what I mean? Like so, a lot of people can't do that because they they don't invest in the skills or the or the or invest the time to be at the top or whatever field they're in. Because most people want to be a generalist, right? I often wonder about that. Keep keeping it with sports for a second, because you know we both love sports. I often wonder that, right? When you you look at the NBA, and every once in a while you'll get somebody who's like a uh, a niche player, like a Dennis Rodman, who this yeah. is my thing. I'm gonna play defense and grab boards, right? To the point where I've seen him run past layups and kick it out because he's like, "Yo, that ain't what I do," right? Yeah. You know, this game. I mean, ben, him and Ben Wallace are the two that just stick out. Yes. And I always wonder why more people don't do that. Uh, because they can't. It's because it's a skill. Rebounding is a skill. Like Charles Barkley was six foot four, banging with six foot eleven dudes. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like rebounding is a skill. You have to want the ball. You have to understand angles. You have to attack the rim and, and, and go get the ball. Like rebounding is a skill, and that's something that we know personally from playing ball. You yeah. Know what I mean? Like rebounding is a skill. There's some dudes that are six foot eleven. That can't average five rebounds a game because they don't have a skill set, even though they're the biggest person on the court to go get the ball. You yeah, know what so I mean? So, but I also again, this is just me overthinking everything. I wonder if ego has a big part to do with it, right? Because the the, the work that those guys do, right, and keeping it back in the business, like sometimes when you niche down, is not the glory thing, right? So. They both Wallace, the famers, though. They went to they gonna go to the Hall of Fame. They will, and they're gonna make money, too. right? Yeah, and you make millions of dollars. And you make millions of dollars. Yeah, but again, it's not the it's not the sexy thing, right? To to yeah. kind of be in a, a niche. But I'm like, yo, a three point specialist. 
if you are a field goal kicker, whatever your whatever your thing is, you know, and they right. keep it away, it's away just from field goal court. kickers in the Hall of Fame. They play four plays a game, five plays a game. Yeah, it's it's interesting because I'm I'm sitting there thinking about like, but I guess if you were in medicine, right, and you are a, a brain surgeon, right, you you specialize, and your point about riches and the niches, those are the people that make all the bread. Yeah. Um, you know, if you if you look at the, um, the the legal profession, people that specialize, everybody doesn't do everything in law. You you pick a specialty. Yep. So it's just interesting, man. But this story made me have all of those thoughts. It, again, I overthink everything. So when I read it, I'm my brain is like. But this is this is about building skill, building at least one skill that you can make money from, right? Mm -hmm. Because this world, you know, people hate money, but you ain't doing nothing without it. Yeah. So you got to build a skill that will pay you. You yeah. have to build at least one skill that will pay you, right? People will tell you that jobs are overrated, but those people built a skill so that they can say that they have a skill. Like there's, we know traders that will tell you that if you got a job, you don't do, you don't trade very well. Yeah. You know what I mean? But I know that not to be true because three of the four best traders I know got a job. <laughs> well, I, I look at it different too, right? Because even I'm, if you I'm are, not even I'm not even BSing. No, I, I believe you. I, listen, I, I get you, but I also feel like it, certain things just are um are clickbaity, right? Because even in this scenario right here, even though we're talking about the highest levels of business and, and technology, like people would kill for those jobs that he had, he's basically like, no, nah, I'm cool, I'm gonna go back over here. He had the biggest companies in the world. He had like like five of the biggest five of the, five of the eight biggest companies in the yeah, whole world. Write, write your own check and bring who you want with you. Like he was going to bring seven hundred people. So, so, it's like, <laughs> so it's like that's value. That's not about entrepreneurship versus job. That's about yo. My value is is such that put it like this: if he wanted to go the entrepreneur route, you don't think he would have got funding from somebody to start something new? Well, hundred percent got funded. Exactly. So that's my, point. my point is, it's really, it's really about what value do you bring? Because let me let me say something that a lot of folks won't say. Most of y'all that's on this whole, you got to run your own. Y'all ain't doing no business. Listen, most entrepreneurs fail, right? And um, and that's not to talk a, a down on that. 97, the numbers say 97% of businesses fail within the first three years. So here's the thing, though. We do need entrepreneurs in our, our community. So I don't ever want people to think that yeah, I'm saying... Yeah, we're, not, we're not pooping on entrepreneurship. It's just... You do data science and we look at numbers. 90 if, if the numbers are saying, even if that number is a little bit off, let's say it's 90%. Like, all right, 90%, nine out of 10 businesses fail. Yeah. So I think that um um it's about proving again, proving your value. This is why I always talk about people that do start businesses to actually prove you have something that people are and willing to give you in the marketplace. Yeah, right. So instead of just starting out and you want to go get because people be these days be like, yo, I'm gonna go get a thousand million dollars worth of business credit, and I'm gonna get, you know, um, a storefront and all these things. I'm like, yo, do you? What is your product or service, and are people willing to pay for it? What's that value? So, yeah, what, what value are you bringing to the market? Whether it's a value to an organization or a value to, um, you know, your own. Regardless, you have to have a value that people are willing to pay for. You know what I mean? Like, yep. so, so even if you get back to the analogy, like the, the Warren Buffett thing we were telling Jay Z, like, yo, you in entertainment. You, you can go on tour or, or record music and people are willing to give you their money for your, your skills. Yeah, don't change that part. Whatever yeah. you do other, otherwise, you could do yeah, that. This other stuff, but keep keep the thing that's giving you the cash right now. Yeah. 
You know what I mean? And I think that's the part that people miss a lot of times, right? Um, there's a there's a brother that I follow on uh on Twitter, and I think he's one of the more interesting people in um in like the, the finance space because he's a surgeon. It's like Surge Fi, I think is his name. He talks about finance, but he's also a surgeon. And one of the things he talks about is his job as a surgeon gives him a high enough income where for him to invest in, in, in you know, it's kind of not necessarily easy, but it's easier because I have a high income. Yeah. Right? So for me to take 10 percent of my income is not going to affect me if I'm making, you know, twenty six thousand dollars work it somewhere else. Yeah. Right. You know what I mean? So a lot of times it, it, people feel like you're talking down on them when you be saying got to save first and pay yourself first. And they're like, dude. No man, listen. Like I make twelve dollars an hour. You can't be telling me like. No, so so. One a drug dealer told me this, and it I was like, man, get out of here. But it, as an adult, I get it. So I was a kid. I was about thirteen years old, mm-hmm. and um, corner boy. He wasn't a corner boy. He was a corner man. He was a grown up. Yeah, and I was going to the store for my grandma, and. You know, going to buy cigarettes because you know that's what kids did back yep. in the day. And um, the the, the old head, we, he was on the corner, and I seen him, you know, pass off. And um, I was like, "How much money you really making out here?" And he's like, "Look, dog, he's like, I make more prior than everybody on this block, but you know, he gave back to the block. He always make, you know, he always used to buy like like juices and 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 and, and go to the supermarket and, and and fund all of our stuff mm-hmm. so he wasn't one of them lazy rat bastard dudes he was you know he mm-hmm. was out there killing our people but he was also serving the community in a kind of way but yeah. anyway um he told me this and i'll never forget he said the outcome starts with income mm. and i was like huh <laughs> yeah he said the outcomes start with income and 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 I was he was like, look, man, it all start with money. Yeah. He's like, it ain't nothing you can do out here. And this was in the 80s, bro. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, this is in the 19. He told me the outcome start with income. Yeah. And I was like, you know, I'm 13. I was like, man, you know, get the hell out of here. I don't know what you're talking about, but okay, yeah, the outcome yeah, starts with income. One day, one day it'll all make sense, right? So yeah, <laughs> yeah. But you know, when he told me that, you know, I was like. You know, I was confused and, and a little salty because, like, he kind of dismissed me. You know what I mean? Because I'm like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like, how much you really making? He was like, dog, your mom go to work every day. She can't hand do what I could. Like, she can't she can't yeah. touch me. And my mom was an accountant. My mom had a yeah. decent job. And okay. he was just telling, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. it wasn't like, you know. My, he was like, look, dog, like, I probably make more. He, he was like, look, I probably make more in a week than your mom make all year. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, so like, like he was just basically telling me, like, get out of here. Like, all these, he's like, all the stuff you see me do for old people, all the stuff you see me do. You know what I mean? Like, when I buy all this stuff, it's because I got money. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, and, and no, he wasn't trying to tell me to sell drugs. He was just basically saying it all start with money. Yeah. So for me, like, it's it is not even about um. So the way I look at it, it ain't even about what you do. It's about are you are you good at what you do? Yeah, but and, and does it have a value, right? Because outside of just like capitalism and money, when you have when you when you work on whatever skill it is, like I don't know what it is, like if everybody listening or watching, whatever your skill, whatever your skill is, you could be a dance instructor, 
you could be a cook, a chef, whatever it may be. Um, when you get good at it, people are willing to exchange value for what it is you do. Yo, speaking of that, right? We was watching. What was we watching, Jim? When they was people were selling like farts in a jar. Like people were selling all kinds of crazy stuff, but they had so much money. Like the top YouTuber kid in the world was Mm -hmm. like making like thirty million dollars a month. Like boy was out here baking, and all he was doing was like showing kids how to use toys on the internet. Like we was watching something. We was it was was, some sort of documentary. I remember you talking about. Yeah, but and, and we was like, damn, like. People got value out here in this market. Like, it's money. It's, if you're good at what you do, somebody's going to pay you to do yeah. what you do. Yeah. So I guess for me, that was the biggest story about this whole Sam Altman thing, outside of, like, just the drama of it all, is to see that someone at the highest level of business and technology has a skill set where he can pretty much write his own ticket. Like, he's turning down jobs that people would die for. And that's <laughs> Absolutely. And that's what's crazy. Like it's it's crazy to see. And the leverage he got at his current company is absolutely berserk mm-hmm. because they know they can't fire him. They can't fire him. Like like you have to have you have to check your ego in a certain way when you know you cannot be like you can't be removed. They can remove you, but like unless you do something, you know, unless you yeah. somebody and bury him in the backyard and get caught, like he's not going nowhere. And, and then the other part about that is also um, the like, so this goes into my second part of this, which is about always having always like, so when I look at investing, I look at it a lot of different ways, right? It's not for me personally about things, the cars, the houses, the clothes, the jewelry, all that nonsense that people talk about. For me, it's like another form of security and protection in this crazy world we live in because for him to be a co-founder and also be able to be ousted like that, right? He had two things to fall back on, you know, his investments and resources that he already has and his skill set that allow him just to like pick himself right back up. That allows you to navigate in this world different. Like you often talk about, I remember we did last time we did a talk in the, in the community, you talked about like um, the word responsibility. Man. And if something goes wrong, do you have the ability to respond? To respond. <laughs> and I thought about that in reading this story, like he did. Right. So yeah. this, this this thing happened to him. And within hours, he was already cool. And I think about how this pertains to our community. Do we have the ability to respond? Right. If the average person just loses their job like that, all hell breaks loose. Can they respond in the same manner? Yeah. And how we do that and how we get to that how point. You, do you get back on your feet in five days like my man did? All right. So let me ask a question for everybody listening or watching this. If you were to lose your job, right. How long will it take for you to rebound? I, I think that's a good question. Yeah. Because as we start to talk about building wealth and buying assets, one of the things we got to work on is our skills, our relationships, and having a nest, having some sort of safety net. Yeah. So if something does go wrong or when something goes wrong, you have the ability to respond. You know, it's one of the, one of the things that um I've been doing over the last decade or so is like um separating like certain savings. And, you know, talk about talk about some of the tools. I use Ally for this, right? So Ally Bank has this thing with their savings. They pay a high, high percentage, which is why a lot of people use them. But what I use them for is within their savings account, they allow you to set up separate buckets, right? So what I do is I got a bucket for car repair, a bucket for home repair. Like I got these different buckets. 
And anytime I get any income, I put something in the buckets. And I just it's at this point it's order it's automated, right? Yeah. So why is this important? And what does this have to do with our conversation? I'm about to bring it home. When something happens, I need a car repair or a home repair. I have the ability to respond because when things are good, I'm already putting away for when things go bad. So I don't have to run to the credit card and then pay somebody 20% interest because I'm already putting up for things. I have a, a bucket for clothing, right? I'm buy clothes that often because I don't give a damn about clothes, right? That's not my thing. Um, but when I need to go somewhere or, you know, yeah, sometimes you got to spend a couple of dollars, right? But I'm, I'm yeah. already putting up for that. There's no better feeling, right? If something goes wrong with your car, I use the car for argument's sake because that's, that's, you know, I drive an older car because I'm man. I'm you, anti -car know, you know my troubles with cars, bro. Oh yeah, I'm anti car note. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm one of them. I'm one of them Toyota boys. <laughs> as, as, Toyota. I, as am I. Yeah, I, I ride a Toyota until I, I literally just can't no more. But anyway, something goes wrong. There's no better feeling like I go to the dealership. Like, oh man, it's gonna cost this. Cool, because I already have it. Right. That's the ability to respond. So as we move into 2024. And we look at what's going on with the economy and things. I think as we continue, like the teaching that we do to the to the youth, not only the youth, but even on this podcast and even in the streets, I think one of the things I want to focus on is kind of um, the ability to respond. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's your word. That was, that was bars. I don't know where you got that from, but that was bars. Like responsibility. I what just broke down the word. <laughs> I mean, you know, it was dope though. I'm, I'm still, in the, I'm, I'm still in the like it, the word literally says responsibility. Like. What is your ability to respond to something that goes on? You but know, I think that's what we should focus on, bro, because that's what a lot of people need is like that ability. And that, that goes beyond money. That goes to your skills, too. It does. Mm -hmm. It goes it to your does. skills because uh, things happen. Medical emergencies. Um, people get sick. People die. College emergencies in my case. <laughs> I, I was on the phone with Jim on Friday, man. I almost had a baby, bro. Like, <laughs> College, <laughs> they caught me with some. They caught me with the flim flam, dog. But here's so, the thing, though, right? The thing about that is, you're fighting to make sure your kid doesn't have to deal with the loans the way that most people do. Man, for shizzle. But you're you're putting him in, and and this goes to the generational wealth conversation too, because generational wealth just isn't about. Um, it's it's not just about giving them things. It's about keeping them away from things that will also punish them. Like I'm still paying student loans from when I was 19. <laughs> right. Yeah. I'm and, you know and what I mean? fighting and scraping and hustling to try to make, to sure, make sure my son does not have that same, that same story. Like he's not going to be able to tell that story. Yeah. I yeah. don't want him to be able to tell that story. And, and, and what, and it's interesting though, because like, even in what he's trying to do, like, you know, and I was talking to a, your wife online, she was talking about how he already knows what he wants to do, physician's assistant, and all these kind of things. I'm like, damn, that's dope. He's so young, he's 16. But this goes to the conversation about because he has an idea already, he's going to be able to put on so many skills that'll put him. And now you're fighting on your end to make sure he doesn't have this debt dragging him behind. You're all, you're doing what you're supposed to. You're putting him in a position to achieve at a high level. Directional wealth can be achieved in a lot of ways. Like I'm not giving him a lot of money. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? But I'm saving him hundreds and thousands of dollars on the back end. You yeah. know what I mean? Which he can use to create that wealth for himself, right? Mm -hmm. Like I'm I'm spending money up front so he doesn't have to spend money on the back end. Yeah. You know what I mean? So mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's a lot of different ways to do it. It's, 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 not, it's not just about 
do I have $400,000 sit to the side? I could sit the money to the side and then he owes $400,000 and then he'd be broke. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? I can, I can sit this, literally I can sit the money to the side, right? And over time he'll accrue so much debt that he'll blow through the money. Yeah. Yeah. You see what I'm yeah. saying? So it's, 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 it's just about perspective and how you look at it. So CJ's what, 16 now? Yeah. He'd be 17 on Christmas. All right, so for the folks that don't know, uh, Corey's Jr., CJ, we call him, mm-hmm. will be 17 on Christmas, and he's like, what, second or third year in college? Yeah, he'll be finishing his third year uh, at the end at the end of this semester at the end of this year. Yeah. So he'll be he'll be graduating next year. Yeah, he'll be graduating with his four year degree next year. Yeah, so he'll be graduating with his bachelor's degree at the time that people generally start school. Which yep. is dope, and we need to do a podcast one day on how um you were able to, you know, raise Nav- him navigate, navigate some. Yeah, no, because I know people are interested in that. But but um, you know, getting getting back to the topic, like he'll be able to build that skill set yep. and um not have that debt dragging him back. But getting back to the ability to respond, Sam Altman was able to respond literally within hours. Early. <laughs> <clears throat> You know, something I'm still working on, too, is is making sure that I have everything in place. So when all these different things happen, you can respond. Um, You know, I'm not perfect, but but it's something that you constantly work on. Um, So I think that's where we that's we're moving into 2024. That's that's where some of the conversation has to be. Not about do you got a million dollars? Did you hit your fire number? Like, do you can you leave your job? It's like, yo. If something happens, what you going to do? do whatever situation hits you in the head that's the conversation we want to move to start talking about more conversations about that um but that's the question i want to leave with everybody like if you were to lose your job and if you're an entrepreneur if your business was to close how long will it take you to get back on your feet and is that about- or or do you have something stashed away where it won't take you any time at all you will just be moving from one thing to the next and that's what I was going to say. Is it is it because of your skills or is it because of what I like to call your war chest? Do you got a war chest that allow you to bounce back or do you have a skill set? Because, yo, know, I know people that are like in the nurse field, the medical field where like, you know, they chase the dollar. So they always taking different jobs. You know, who does, I was talking to um shout to LaRonda, uh, who's in our community and yeah. she does like a traveling nurse joint. Um, I was like, yo, you like a hitman. Like whoever got the biggest bag is where I'm going. As, but as lot, should. <laughs> yeah, but a lot of people in that space, they have a skill set where they could get a job anywhere across the country whenever they feel like it. Yep. And I'm like, man, that's that's crazy. Um, that's, that, but, I mean, but that, that's being at the highest level of what you do. Yeah. Because, right? you know, the thing is, you know, I don't tell nobody this, but the first thing I got into out of high school was I got I, I got into uh, nursing. Mm-hmm. You know, I got I got a I actually have a um cna <laughs> but you know i don't you know that's mm-hmm. something i did 30 years ago yeah because i thought i was going to be you know taking care of my grandmother for a while but my grandmother passed away before i could you know yeah act on those skills but i got a cna you know what i mean like mm-hmm. because i wanted to be able to take care of my my my, my older folks you know what i mean mm-hmm. and um so you know i know i was at the very lowest level yeah. You know what I mean? And I was about to start working my way up until I changed over and, you know, I went into the armed services and then I got into teaching. But, um, it, 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 you know, when I see somebody doing things, something at a high level, you know, I have admiration for what they do. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. it's, 
because I understand the the the, the time and the effort it takes to get to the top. It of takes a lot of time, and it takes a lot of time to to kind of master whatever it is you're doing. Yeah, so your skills become almost an insurance policy. Yeah, they are the insurance policy because if something goes wrong, you get, those skills will translate right I, so you we're looking at it from one side i always look at it from the people who are troublemakers side right mm-hmm. so like i think of somebody like antonio brown he had a 15-year nfl career and the reason why he had a 15-year nfl career is because he was the very best receiver in the league yeah. for like eight of those 15 years he was a absolute cancer to teams but <laughs> <laughs> But see, that's why that's why sports sports is such a great way to kind of like um emphasize what we're talking about because I remember that with T.O. right? T.O. was so good, but when it got to the point where his skills started to diminish a little bit and then not it wasn't necessarily worth it, is when the you know what I mean? His skills no longer warranted what the 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 kind of ego and, and the kind of things that he was doing. Like and so when you're at the height, like LeBron James, LeBron James is still calling his shot in year 21 because he's still one of the top five players in the league. Like, Yo, shout, shout out to Kurt Flood. <laughs> for those who, so for those who don't know who Kurt Flood is, Doug, do your googles in terms of uh, yeah, free, man. sports. He freed it. He freed everybody. Yo, because think about it, right? If Giannis was to become available today, how many teams would be knocking at his door? The other 29 teams. All of them, right? All 29. And that's based on, you know, the skills and what he brings to the table. So, you know, I think that's the overall conversation, man. Um, again, this is another great episode. Great conversation, core as always. Um, but that's the question I'm going to leave you with. If you were to, your business was to close or you would lose your job, how fast would it take you to get back on your feet? And is it based on skill or is it based on you just having a nest egg, a war chest that you've built up, which is, you know, another way. Well, relationships. Yeah, you should have both, right? That, that should be your trifecta. Make sure you have good relationships. You got a little bit of war chest to make sure you're okay. And have skills. skills. And you can always work on new skills. I was just reading an article about a dude who became a surgeon. He was a mechanic. And he became a surgeon like in his, I think his 50s or 60s. I, I'll find the article. But um, I'll put the article to this uh, Sam Altman too. I'll put this in the description as well as the show notes, the article I was reading from, the winners and losers from this saga. But you can always pick up new skills too. So don't ever let no one tell you that you can't. It doesn't matter how old you Not are. Not too old. Yeah, never. Never that. You know what I'm saying? I was watching the um Hulu has the thing about uh the documentary series. It's called like the foods, the foods that uh built America. And it goes through the business of like the biggest food companies today or whatever. But they did the Colonel Sanders John. Boss was you know, 44 when he started. I don't even remember exactly. He was up there though, dog. He was scrambling too, but he he listen, this now he's a household name, right? Yeah, so his family been eating for generations because so, we've been eating for generations. <laughs> so you never, you never too old, man. You never too old. So, with that being said, though, man, another great episode, man. We appreciate all the support. Make sure you like, comment, subscribe, do all the YouTube and stuff. Um, give us some feedback, man. Um, and let us know what you think about those questions. Like, if you lost your job or business, um, how long would it take for you to respond, man? You know, responsibility, as Corey says in his uh his presentation, man. With that being said, though, Corey, you got any last words, bro? Nah, just be good to each other and stay safe out here. It's hoodie season for everybody. Yeah, man. Happy Thanksgiving for those that celebrate, um, you know, and, and you know, I, I like, you know, I'm not to the whole history of Thanksgiving, but spending time with your family is always a great thing. So enjoy the time with your family. Um, check us out, you know, 
Wednesdays, Fridays, generally is when we drop uh, content. Um, we appreciate you. You know, as we always say, it's not about how much money you make. It's about how much you keep. Game elevates. And we'll see you guys in our next episode. Peace. Stay safe, everybody.